Welcome back to Finding Your Voice with Heather Hightower. Today, my guest is Edwin Roa, and I'm so excited to bring him to you because he is a beautiful master of dance and has a really unique perspective on the body and the role of dance in life. So welcome, Edwin. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. You're so welcome. Um, I invited at all the guests on season one are people who I have worked with personally on my own body health journey. And Edwin, um, I met last year and we danced and I took very, very beginner dance lessons and I really appreciated his patience <laughs> with me and his uh, willingness to meet me where I was. So, Edwin, thank you for being here. Thank and you for inviting me. Tell, um, tell our listeners what you do and who you are. Well, my name is Edwin Roa. I'm native of Bogota, Colombia. I came here about 96, actually. But um, what I do is I teach dance, and I try to give a perspective of dance that, um, in my view, is a little bit misunderstood, maybe. Um, in my opinion, is the original version of it. And not to discredit anyone else's work, but my intent is to showcase the importance of connectivity versus the showmanship behind it. So it's more about taking the art of dance more as an as a search for self-expression and connection rather than just another venue to engrand ourselves. You have an interesting story that led you to where you are currently, and I'm wondering if you would share that with the listeners. Sure. Well, I came here first, uh, my degrees in textile designing, and I came to the United States uh, because I was supposed to work, uh, I mean, continue working in the textile industry. Uh, in 1998, 1999, the... Um, the factory that I used to work for actually basically closed down in stores and uh, moved to India. So I was um, proposed to move with them or just to be laid off and try my own luck here. I saw that as an opportunity for me to pursue my dream of being an artist and a dancer. So um, <laughs> it wasn't actually pretty... Um, accepted by my family so there was a bit of a struggle but I, I can say with certainty that it is the best thing I could have done and I definitely have no regrets so I'm now a dancer so you moved from Bogota to Charlottesville uh, well I first came to Miami and okay. then moved to Charlottesville because of a textile factory used to be here what do you want people to know or understand about your work? Well, my work is based on the understanding of dancing to a deeper level, so beyond the movement. So the way that I came into it was because of my isolation. Mm. Uh, when I studied textiles, I studied in Germany, 
and I wasn't able to converse or have because you didn't speak German. No, okay. I understand it a little bit, but I, not, I was never fluent. Um, and same as when I got here, when I was first learning English, I wasn't able to really communicate with people. So I realized that my ability to communicate with others was brought about the fact that I uh, I had to use my body mm. to make that happen. So help so. me understand what that actually means. So you were communicating with your body. What, what does that mean? You were doing that? Well, what it is like, you know, it was very in- intensive. Um, but whenever I had my free time, I would actually go to a bar and I was always into trying to find music. Uh, and I stumbled upon a place in Frankfurt where it was kind of like a, a little colony of GIs, American GIs. And like they, they were, there was a Latin club which uh, they had a, a band, Latin band, they play every Wednesday. Um, and by the way, within the van, everybody was from United States, but there was no Latinos. Oh, However, they were, they were playing Latin music and they were quite good. And people started to recognize me because even though I wasn't able to speak, what I did was I just moved. And then little by little, there were some people who were trying to emulate what I was doing. And then almost without knowing, I was actually trying to explain motion without the ability to speak the language. Oh, interesting. Um, and how did that work? It worked well, actually. I mean, like, how did that, what did that, what was that like? Um, at first, it was strange because people were trying to, like, say, like, by, you know, signals, you know, like, so how do you do that? So, and it's kind of funny because I, I, I grew up in, in Bogota, in Colombia, so... Dancing is not something that you really study. It's something that you happen to just acquire because all your friends and the, we frequent the bars and we frequent the clubs and we just picked it up. And I never fully really study motion mm-hmm. to begin with. And so to be quite frank, my interest in dancing was only because I wanted to just meet people, especially meet ladies. <laughs> <laughs> so... So it was um, at a bar in Bogota that was actually named uh, Copacabana. And there was a guy who would always come to the bar. And he was actually a mechanic, by the way, car mechanic. Anyway, like this guy, as soon as he entered the door, I mean, all he had to do is order a mojito. And in the time that the bartender will take to serve this mojito, he will have a line of five, six girls waiting for him to dance. And what's interesting about this guy is like he, when you look at him move, it's very unassuming. He wasn't flashy at all. Mm-hmm. And um, what was magnetic about him is the fact that when you observe him dancing, every single partner he had, he will have the most beaming smiles mm-hmm. ever. So of course I was kind of like obsessed with what's his trick, right? Yeah, so what'd you do? <laughs> I will ask him like if he can help me out, but he wasn't a dance teacher. So, but ironically, I learned from him something I've never experienced from any other teacher mm. here in all the years that I've been studying this, um, is the fact of the connection to music. Mm. Um, so, Isn't that interesting? What, oh, yeah. That, you, that he's the only one. Yeah, I mean, but it's partly because he was not brought up in the discipline of movement. So what I learned from him was two things that, that I 
thank God I actually got is one is the fact of learning to understand tones. Mm -hmm. So instead of counting music, it's feeling music. Yes. Um, and the second thing was, was the amazing ability to connect. So it's the fact of that is the priority in a dancer should not be the motion. It should be the connection. And that's what I try to teach. Mm. So being a dancer, yes, I mean, of course, we, we need motion. But if I were to, if I were to explain it, it's kind of like, like trying to play music. If you play a guitar, right? And all you do is to study the, the anatomy of the instrument and kind of like how to put your fingers in the right chords or whatever. But that takes away from the freedom of the sound. So the idea is, to me, motion is a vehicle to express it, but it's not the goal. So if you go to a concert to hear a guitar player, you're not there to see the guitar nor the player. You're mm -hmm. there to hear the sound. Mm -hmm. So dancing is the same. If you're going to see a good dance, you're not there to see the players. You're going to see the movement. So there is um, he's a saying, I think it was Balanchine who said it, I want to see the music and hear the movement. I want to see the music and hear the movement. I want to see the music and hear the movement. And so to me, that just is cultivating. Ever since I started studying this, that's what I want to go for. Um, there's another big phrase which I hold as my anthem. <laughs> And it's like a dancer should dance until the dancer disappears and only dance remains. Uh, say that again, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> a dancer should dance until the dancer disappears and only dance remains. The thing about it, as, as I mentioned to many of my students, dancing is a microcosm of life. You can study it. Like, like scientists explored the cosmos by paying attention to a drop of water. Do you see why I like taking dance lessons with him? It would be like slowly moving across the floor at my pace while he speaks the cosmos. Um, um, do you sing? Uh, I try, <laughs> uh, but pretty unsuccessfully, I will say. I mean, I just um, think it's so beautiful. I find it fascinating, though. Uh, I do like the, to me, like I see singing as just dancing with your vocal cords yeah so. and you're so connected to the music anyway it's like you know i we're really of the belief that everybody sings and it's so it's so natural right um everybody dances yeah everybody's an artist we just don't believe it edwin how can people connect with you if they want to get more of you <laughs> well um you guys can find me on social media um i have a website called sabor dance by the sabor. way and there is a reason for it sabor is a combination of three words uh the spanish word saber and sabor with s uh, sabor with s is means flavor uh saber means to know and the z come from the english word zest Mm. So it's basically the, the knowledge of the movement, the flavor of the music, and the zest for connectivity. Zabor Dance. That's right. And that's, that's your website. That's the website. If yeah. you're in Charlottesville. We have uh, our Charlottesville Salsa Club, which actually, as of December, is going to be our 19th year. Mm. 
in uh, my studio is called the Dance Spot, and it's on the downtown Charlotte. It is on the backside of our building. Yeah. You, you may have heard in the background of this recording some voices coming up from the downtown mall. We are recording uh, right above Charlottesville, Virginia's historical pedestrian mall. It's really charming. There's a restaurant life here. Um, and I think with everything that's been on the news about Charlottesville in the last year or so, it feels very um, special to me to be here uh, doing work with The Voice. And it feels even more special knowing that you're literally half a block away doing all of this beautiful depth of work through something so joyful. And then a block away, we have the front porch doing old time music and just across the way, we have the Paramount Theater. Yeah. Like we are, we are there deep the in- reason I ended up in Charlotte. Yeah, <laughs> I really appreciate you being here with us today, Edwin. Thanks. Thank you so much. And uh, have a great day. Thank you to our listeners. We will see you, you next time. Edwin, um, dance with him, go to his parties. <laughs> Comes to the Charlottesville. Bring him to your city and bring him to your company. You will not regret it. Thank you. I'm your host, Heather Hightower, founder and owner of the Center for Vocal Study. Our producer is Emily Gaddick. Our theme song was written by me and was lovingly brought to life by singers Madeline Holly Sales, Stephanie Kowalczyk, Lori Durr, and Joanna Lott, recorded by Bobby Reed. Finding Your Voice was produced at the Center for Vocal Study in Charlottesville, Virginia. Head to our website, centerforvocalstudy.com, for more information on our private lessons, teachers, and programs. We work with both individuals and teams so that you can share your voice with freedom and ease. Wherever you are, you can find more episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. Also, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Center for Vocal Study.